swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Welcome to Movie Mistrial. The podcast where we examine the IMDb Top 250 and anger a million people with our bad faith arguments. My name is Johannes. And I am Raji. Today, we're talking about another film on the list. Giuseppe Tomatore's homage to the movie's Cinema Paradiso. Cinema Paradiso was released on February 23rd, 1990, starring Philippe Noret, Philippe Noret, Philippe Noret, Salvatore Caschio, and Antonella Attili. I'm Before sorry. we cut our... No, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Before we cut out kissing scenes from all the movies, I have to ask you to leave a review for this podcast on your favorite podcast platforms. Yeah, give us a thumbs up, tell your friends, tell us, you know, where we're speaking the truth, where we're speaking untruths, call us out, talk to us, let us know what, what we're doing right and wrong. Raji, what makes you happy today? I what makes me FIFA. happy today? Yeah, I'm, I'm done with FIFA. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I mean, for people who know, who play video games, FIFA is both a joy of... Is, is a sense of joy and a sense of frustration. I think these frustrations have, have taken over, and this weekend I've decided to hang up my boots for good. Last series of FIFA, and I think I am out. So I've got some good mental mental break. Went biking yesterday with the family and uh, got to relax and see the world. How about yourself? What makes you happy today? Yeah, I finished the thing. So I'm happy about that. Uh, <laughs> I finished music, eight songs, and I'm happy about that. Now they're in mixing. Congratulations. And, That's awesome. That's really right. great. Yeah. Um, so when will... Quite when, a while in the making. Oh. When will we be able to listen to some of the music? Are we, when, is, when is the release date? Uh, probably around April. Early April, mid-April. Oh, nice. I mean, yeah. generally we record this podcast... Uh, a few weeks or a few weeks behind. Uh, so when you're listening to this, it probably is April or May. Um, and Fair. you should, should go out, out and uh, <laughs> check out Johannes' album. It's coming out on Spotify and iTunes. I hope. Uh, so oh, yeah, I need to figure out how to do all that too. <laughs> we'll get you, we'll get you, you more see? information uh, in the future. <laughs> See, and there I was like, I'm finished. I finished something. Well, that's only a small piece of the puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> but it, no, it's good. It it feels like an accomplishment because it's been quite a while in the making. So uh, it is. It is too. an accomplishment. I'm 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 really really happy for you. That's really great news, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Cinema Paradiso. Uh, I have not seen this movie before. Okay. Um, watching it for this. I do have a friend who, whenever I told him about the early stages of our podcast, he was like, oh, you have to watch Cinema Paradiso. I was like, yeah, well, it'll come. And today's the day. <laughs> Today yeah. is the day. already did a debrief with him. So, I, th I think some people have specific movies they want to see us review. And, uh, you know, I had seen Cinema Paradiso in the past. And, you know... I'm going to save my comments for the future, but uh, for uh, somewhere in this in this podcast. But some people may be surprised by what I have to say about this film. Some people may be. Yeah, I mean, I know it's it's put on a pedestal, 
it's kind of surprising mm. it's on in, like on the 50th spot or so on the list um but yeah i'll go into my my thoughts and kind of how i see where this lies uh, in the the discussion before we go there let's uh, pick everybody up and give them a brief uh, synopsis Cinema Paradiso tells the story of Salvatore, a successful filmmaker who returns to his hometown in Sicily after receiving news of the death of his old friend Alfredo. Salvatore thinks about his childhood and his love for cinema, particularly his friendship with Alfredo, the projectionist at the local theater. Through a series of flashbacks, the film portrays the power of cinema to bring people together as well as its ability to reflect to shape society. We see how the cinema serves as a hub for the community where the people of all ages and backgrounds gather to escape their daily lives and be transported to another world. As Salvatore reflects on his past, he's forced to confront the sacrifices he made in pursuit of his dreams, including leaving behind the people and places that he loves. The film culminates in a poignant reunion between Salvatore and the people from his past, as he realizes the enduring impact that cinema has had on his life and the lives of those around him. That's Cinema Paradiso for you. Um, where would you like to be on the coin tossing? I'm going to go with my favorite heads. Tails. Oh, man. I kind of knew this was coming. What is uh, what is your position on this? Are you going to go for it or are you going to go against it? It's a good question. Uh, let me go against it. Wow. 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 You, I mean, okay. I, I am curious to know how you would argue against this film. Um, <laughs> I am, uh, I'm ready. So I'm gonna leave the stage for you to start your arguments, and uh, I will jump in. Uh, I will jump in and uh, counter them. And the witness will address this court as judge or your honor. Your honor, Cinema Paradiso. I need to qualify this. I watched the two-hour and change cut of this, not the director's cut. Uh, I understand there's some kind of director's cut, but all that said, uh, based on on that cut of the of the original cut of the movie, uh, I feel like this movie is trying to employ storytelling tricks, but doesn't really make them work. The whole premise of it being a flashback uh, to make us care for the Antonio character even more than we already do. Uh, I think it's very clunky. I think the time changes in this movie are very clunky. I understand what they tried to do with it, but I think they don't work. Um, Because at the core of this movie, we have a pretty linear story. So I don't fully understand why we need to go back in time um, to set up uh, old Toto. Um, it's It's a linear story of a kid that is going bonkers for movies. He wants to learn everything about movies. He loves to hang out in the theater. He loves to hang, wants to learn more about the projection booth and all that. And uh, that's great. So this movie is is such a love letter to movies and the cinema and all that. But at the same time, we're being distracted by a very emphasized love story that doesn't go anywhere. Um and and these weird kind of structural issues that I mentioned before. So uh, I think had this movie been more of a linear story focused on the actual love story in this and not 
not like the side chicks, <laughs> literally, um, this would have been a much more compelling movie. All right. That's a very interesting argument to take. And I'm going to counter those arguments by saying that this movie is a love story between Alfredo and Toto. Um, yeah. From their seemingly um, difficult uh, beginning to their extremely strong ending. Um, this movie is a coming-of-age story that uses the cinema as a device to frame progress, to frame growth, and to frame um, change in society. Um, we get to see uh, we get to see the town change from time to time, um, and by the end of the film, we see the you know the passing of of Fredo and the movie theater as a signal of change. I think that some of the best advice the kid got, Toto got, was from. Alfredo, who ended up becoming a father figure to him, he died. His dad died in the war, as part of the pe- people who rushed the Russian troops. Um, and uh, Toto, um, Alfredo stepped in to be his father figure. Their love of film was what kept them together. Their love of film was what kept the discussions going. But both of them knew when to let go. Both of them knew that the strength in nostalgia was very strong and they had to let things go uh, to grow. I think this movie is a perfect film, which is why I was so confused about why you decided to take the difficult one. But it's a perfect film. And honestly speaking, this is my second time watching this film. um, And this movie is in my top three films of all time now. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh yeah, no, this is <laughs> this is far from it for me. <laughs> um, like I said, I, I I get what they were going for. Uh, it's effectively it is what Babylon is trying was trying to go for as well. Um, but Babylon did it even worse <laughs> than this one. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so my point is, yes, this movie is very obviously about, about love and companionship, right? Um, it is told through the lens of a movie theater as kind of the main hub of it all. Um, we, we see a very brilliant relationship form between Alfredo and Toto, um, and Alfredo is a great father figure, mentor, and friend to Toto. And uh, he he already sees very early on, it's like you're way too smart for just being a projectionist in this you know small ass town. So you'll do great things. You will eventually have to move on. That said, fairly early on, I think um, we get that out of the way. So there's no no surprises. Like I think. And there's no surprise because we already know he's successful because that's how this whole damn thing starts, right? So it's like my main gripe is is this like flashback stuff. I th- I think it doesn't work. I think it's not necessary because I th- I suspect what they were going for is twofold. 
um, it's putting his girlfriend on an even higher pedestal because it's putting her to be like the love he's lost and never is never getting back. Um, because it's mentioned by his mother, like whenever she calls, uh, there's a different woman on the phone. So Im- implying that he never had a solid relationship uh, outside that that one person. But my argument is that that whole story is just a side arc and not significant to the to the core of this because the core is Alfredo and Toto. So why even have this flashback in the beginning? It's not necessary. Um, and and I think it, it even just it, it distracted me greatly from this. Um, so structurally, I think it's it's flawed. It's it's very flawed structurally. Um, like story wise, I think we 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 get an interesting set of characters. It takes a little too long to tell us the story that it tells us. Um, like I'm not sure we need two hours in this movie to set all the things up that are happening here. Um, because the end point ultimately is letting go, right? Being able to let go. And we could have gotten there a little, a little sooner. Uh, so yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I know people love this movie. It's, it, it was just kind of not mind boggling. Like, like it, it didn't blow my mind as much as people hyped it up to be simple. So- so um, I think that if I want to talk about this film, I want to talk about a couple of things. I want to talk about the significance of Cinema Paradiso in itself. Um, I want to talk about the score by Maricone, who also did Hateful Eight, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and many of the spaghetti westerns we've seen in this in this uh, in some of our reviews. Uh, I also want to talk about the story. I think that um, Johannes brings up some very interesting points about, you know, the core of the relationship between her, him and this blue-eyed devil um, not being so strong, uh, being a weakness of the film. Um, and I think it will start with that because I think, you know, that is a very significant portion of this film. What this movie shows us is that uh, and I think it kind of entails with the story of Cinema Paradiso, uh, is that this, 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 she was, he was, she was his first love. She was his first love. Um, one of the things that we see is the angst of dealing with this from the very first time. Um, we see Toto as a kid, and when he grows up, he meets this this wonderful woman. Well, I wouldn't call her. Let me not say wonderful because I'm kind of giving, uh, giving some. You know, I'm painting a picture that is unnecessary. Um, he meets this person, uh, and he falls totally in love with her. One of the things that I appreciate about this film is that we get to see the angst of the character, how he's bumbling awkwardly every time he's around her. The the, the actor does an amazing job of making you feel anxious uh, every time he walks up and he goes, oh, it's a, it's a wonderful weather seconds before lightning strikes. Um, you know, the every day that he stood uh, outside of the window till for almost 99 days uh, and 
you know, the Cinema Paradiso was where he had his first kiss with her, a wonderful summer of love, um, which was broken down by, you know, the introduction to his dad, to her dad. Um, and the scene, the Spider-Man scene, when it was raining while they were having the movie theater by the lake, where it starts raining and he's crying for her, and then she appears out of nowhere like a dream, kind of reminded you, like, oh, hey, Spider-Man kind of copied that. It was it was really, really good imagery. I think that um, they use Cinema Paradiso as a central point for a lot of people's growth. We saw people coming of age, um, young boys shaking their head vigorously as they watched a woman uh, backside on the movie theater. You know what's happening over there. We saw, <laughs> we saw hookers using it as a venue for their favorite job. Um, we saw religious leaders trying to control the movies. We saw people having heart attacks because of PTSD. The movie theater was so central to a growth of a lot of people in that town. Um, and, Al- and Toto was and Alfredo were the people who controlled what kind of movies they saw. Uh, they controlled the cinema. You saw people getting angry when they couldn't get the second part of the film on time because it was exhausting writing from one town to the other to get the reels. This movie did a great, great job of setting the scene. Um, the score was amazing. Um, my, my, my wife didn't watch this movie with me, but she heard the score and she just said, oh man, I don't even know if the movie is bad or good, but the score is amazing. And it, it comes, uh, it comes with the territory. Maricone does an amazing job with the score of this film. Um, and the final scene. Oh, I'm going to put this in one encapsulated, uh, story. Everything had a payoff. All the scenes, every single scene had a payoff. The very last scene, we see him watching um, all these movies that had been cut off uh, because of the church. All the kissing scenes uh, that had been removed from all the movies that were played earlier. Um, And he sits down in the cinema watching this after Alfredo's death. Uh, And I was totally moved. It was just scenes of people just kissing. Uh, but the significance of that, especially when you consider that he made a deal with Toto at the very beginning of the film where he says, I'm going to save this for you. Um, and Toto says, what kind of deal is it that you get to keep my property? And when Alfredo died, he handed the property to him. I thought that was a magnificent payoff. Um, I don't know. I could wax lyrical about this. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't believe how much I actually enjoyed this film second time around. I remember watching it and liking it the first time, but now that we get to sit down and criticize these films, I couldn't believe how much I really, really loved it. Uh, but I'll mm. stop talking now. I mean, score. Score is an interesting thing. It's so repetitive. It's like two two theme songs that keep on phasing in and out. It's the love theme, and it's it's, it's kind of the main theme. And that's when, when I realized that, yes... Morricone has some great songs, but he's also severely overstaying their welcome <laughs> in the movies. I think. I think I, I had a similar comment uh, on on the um, Once Upon a Time in the West, where the the songs are so repetitive. Uh, 
like in, insanely so for me um so sure the songs are good but they're overused and there's nothing nothing new happening um and then uh, you were saying so i took all the theater like the movie theater scenes as again it's a love letter to movies and the cinema right and it's it's a um statement towards community that is built in in the at the movies in the theater and i think that's that's beautiful and like you said uh, alfredo and todo are kind of the in control there but i think the whole girlfriend subplot is is just a distraction from from what matters in this movie i think and the whole like i in general i don't i don't think she treats him very well uh i i think it's kind of abusive to let him stand out in the rain rain or shine uh, outside for almost 99 days just to prove his loyalty and love um lots of problems there but you know he came from an abusive household so you gotta gotta be worth show your worth for for female role models i suppose i don't know there's a lot to unpack and i think like i said it's it's such a distraction from the from the core of this because the core has a lot of beautiful things and great ideas but then we're just you know whiplashing around all over the place uh, because of women and that really cheapens the movie for me i disagree significantly man i i totally disagree with you on that the the love he has for this woman who like you said is somewhat abusive she really taunted him especially at the very beginning plays a significant role in how his life plays out. Even as successful as he is, he's not able to get over that first love. He's, I mean, he's never been able to get over it. Um, and it's important to understand that uh, he never sees her again. He waited for her uh, and she never appeared. And in some ways... When he was in his room watching those movies, those old movies he made of her, he realized that he was still waiting for her. Because when he went to speak to his mom, he, he said one thing that really caught my attention. He said, um, before I came, I thought I would have been stronger. Um, but when I came here, I just realized that I've just been in a standstill. I am exactly at the beginning of where I left I have not moved on from that particular point where I was waiting for her to return. I think that she plays a significant role in who the character is today. He may be successful, he may be a big shot, but he's still the same guy who is still madly in love with this woman that he saw and was filming, uh, rear window style, uh, from from uh, from the streets. So you know. Another movie where we have a, a stalker watching <laughs> watching people from across the street. 
But like I said, that that's just a side plot, right? Because the core of this is about movies and, and the relationship between him and Alfredo. But I disagree. It's not a side. I don't think it's a side. I don't think it's a side story either, because it's so. It was so significant that um, Alfredo told him the story of the man who stood for ninety nine days, and on the ninety ninth day, he just took his stuff and left. Alfredo was so was so aware of the love he had for her that he interjected and gave him a warning. Many times he said, "Hey, stay away from blue eyed women." Because they're the ones that break your heart the hardest. You know, they will take your heart, they will mend, they will squeeze it, and then they'll throw it away. And basically, that was what happened. Um, and he never got over it. It's a significant portion of the character. Um, a, a love lost, uh, a foreboding love that never seems to be reciprocated. Um, I think that it's, I think it's, it's beautiful in the tragedy. Um, and I think it's a significant part of the film. So I disagree with that notion that it was not a part of the film. Uh, I, I just think it doesn't really have a consequence, right? She she disappears. Sure, he's moping. He's old in the beginning and end of this. Uh, he's older and has flings, I guess. He's successful, but I guess the moral of the story is if you let your one true love go, then... Shame on you. I don't know. I I I don't know what to even and, and maybe I'm just completely disconnected from like what, what this wants to be. But I I think I don't think it's more I don't think he let her go. She she left. She she never came back. Basically, this was him standing in the garden for 99 days and her not actually looking back at all. She never opened the window this time around um so yeah it's it's totally different i think she used him as a it doesn't matter she probably was in love with him too but in the end i think she chose herself over him um maybe because she found somebody else who knows why uh but i think that their, their love story was intense uh and very remarkable to watch but it's also heartbreaking in a way. Yeah. I I just was completely dis- disconnect from that. And and maybe that is the key to like this movie. It's kind of messed up if it is, right? Because like I said, I I think this is more about the love for theater and movies and that works, but this whole you know, women plot does not work at all for me but that's all i have <laughs> all right um we can go into the sidebar and we can have a little bit more of a discussion on this overrule sidebar guilty speculation hearsay bailiff briefcase disregard in my chamber stop beaver on the witness arrest we could totally be lawyers all right so there are a couple of if i had gone against this movie there are a couple of arguments that i probably would have used the first being this movie is uh, a bit um, self-indulgent um, <laughs> using the movie theater a movie using the movie theater as a form for everybody in the town to grow is kind of weird or everything it was a center of town everything happened in the movie theater all the growth 
people having um, sex, people looking at each other, and the next time they come to the movie theater, they're married. Everything was happening in the movie theater. Um, and for Hollywood, I can see why this self-indulgence was enough of a reason for this movie to be nominated and win an Oscar. Because um, kind of, it kind of feels like the kind of movie that they love. They like to feel like their movies are significant. And this movie goes, well, I'll tell you how significant your movie is. Um, another, another aspect that probably was a little bit weak was the first half of the film. I think we spent too long with young Toto. I know that some of the major things happened in that period, but we spent almost 45 minutes in a two-hour film on that particular aspect. Um, and uh, I think we could have seen a little bit of a reduction and more uh, an increase in the time when he was an adolescent. Um, but if I had any criticism, that that would be it. I think that this movie, as somebody who really loves films, who likes films quite a lot, should I say, uh, it's it's really is in my top three. I I didn't realize how much I really loved this film uh, until I watched it again. And there's there's no doubt that this movie uh, deserves to be higher on the list for me. It deserves to be higher on the list. It's it's a, it's not a second Italian film we've seen, but it also is an Italian film uh, that is significantly better than the previous one we watched. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's my sidebar comments. Hmm. Yeah. I, I do realize now that I've seen this, that time and time again, Hollywood likes to riff on this movie. <laughs> like I said, Babylon has a very similar final scene. Um, somebody in a movie theater looking at, at something, um, Empire of Light has a very similar I think it's playing in a in a movie theater as well. Also ends with the main character. Spoiler alert! <laughs> ends with the main character in a movie theater watching a movie. Um, Fablemans, I believe, is also doing that. So you could see the influence, right? I, I I give it that. I also saw an Indian movie at the uh, California Independent Film Festival, uh, which I highly recommend for everybody. It's always uh, September October time frame in the bay area and they had a movie uh, called the last film show which is a very obvious homage to this but that story is told in a linear fashion and it's um the director said it's kind of semi autobiographical for him as well because you know it's kind of telling a the story from a kid loving the theater you know, working with the projectionist, uh, very similar to this, um, all the way to him making movies, uh, which is, you know, more linear, more straightforward, and focused and centered around the the love for movies and movie making and all that. Uh, I felt like that movie was a lot more successful, and I liked it better than Cinema Paradiso, personally. Um. So I see how, I see why people like this, and that's that's perfectly fine. And that's you know this this kind of self reflection, Hollywood self indulgence of you know we're awesome, we're building community. There's truth to that. Like there is community in going to the movies, the same theaters. You see similar people, 
and time and time again and and, and that's a great experience uh i would think you know in the past that's even more so because it's not your phone that distracts you or tv that distracts you as much right so you have kind of a central hub and every week there's a new movie and people come together and you know get to know each other and enjoy the movie so i get all that and i think it's great that's actually giving me the fuzzies right it's like oh this is cool i love to see an energetic crowd enjoying the movies enjoying being together not necessarily being obnoxious as moviegoers tend to be these days we also see some wild stuff <laughs> that happens in the movies that doesn't happen in movies here anymore you know like i said the kids uh, in the front row um enjoying you know nudeness on screen a little too much and uh working ladies in the back <sighs> That doesn't happen, I don't think. <laughs> Not in normal normal theaters anymore, at least. Right? So that's all fine and dandy. It's kind of a time capsule and it's it's kind of romanticizing that the whole thing as well. That's all great. Um for as much time we spend with Toto. I think the payoff is not necessarily there. For him if we talk about his love story his his female love story it is totally there there as you said when we talk about um the love for the movies and to think that that final sequence uh, with the kissing scenes cut together that's beautiful right because yes that that finishes that relationship so beautifully um but that that girlfriend story man i just don't think it works like <laughs> i really don't think it works because it is such a distraction and it it doesn't have a good payoff and we don't see funnily enough I feel like we don't see enough of old Toto to get to make spending so much time on her worth our while. Because just a a sentence in passing from his mother saying that, oh, you always have a different girl on the phone. It's not giving me the payoff that the time we spent on her is warranting. So I think that's that's the flaw. On this, I, 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 like I said, I, I kind of disagree with you on that too, because you know, at the beginning of the film, you know, we see old Toto, we see old Toto, um, getting back from work after a long meeting, getting the call from his mother. At the end of the film, it was dedicated mostly to old Toto. Uh, we've grown up. We, basically, we grew with Toto. We saw the the beginning when he was very, very, uh, when he was youngish. We saw we saw him as being a chicken little bugger. We saw the middle where he was still a chicken little bugger, and we saw the mature version of Toto. Um, I, I I I I think that we got, I think that we got enough of a payoff, um, for even old Toto. That I I think that there was nothing. I couldn't find a flaw in that. I don't. Th I disagree with you on the fact that we didn't get enough old Toto. We didn't need to get to see him go to a conference. We didn't get to see him 
because it, all of that is irrelevant. What is relevant is how has the past affected old Toto? What in the past has given Toto the motivation to be who he is right now? And I think but that... But how, how, how has it affected him? With, like with we saw her the, story. We saw the angst in his face, man. We saw him sitting in his old room watching old videos of her that he had saved. His mom had kept his room in perfect condition from the last time. They even put up his bicycle in a ceram rack. He he had not gotten over that woman. Um, I, I think that the story of the time was enough because it really didn't matter. Alfredo told him never to come back. Um, and if Alfredo had his way, he would not even been, have been at his funeral. So... I'm, I I I think that I think that we got quite a lot f- from him because we don't we don't really want to we don't we we can use the vague statement of him being successful being a big shot to kind of get an idea of where he is but all that matters is how has his past and how has the change the fact that he's moved out of that town affected him um and we see the town has changed significantly all those places uh, uh, that he grew up in were now changed. Some things were the same. You know, the guy still thought he owned the square. But generally speaking, um, all that we generally cared about was his relationship with the past um, and how even if when he ran away from it, and I'm using run in air quotes, the nostalgia was so strong that he himself admitted that he thought he was stronger than you know, the nostalgia, but the nostalgia won out in the end. I, I think that this movie was perfect. But again, I don't see how she factors in, into this. All you said is valid, right? Um, but the core of that is, is don't be stuck here because your potential is so much so much higher than what you can do as a projectionist in this tiny tiny town right you're you you are destined to do better so leave and never look back because if you look back you'll be stuck in a vortex of nostalgia right and that's where we are and that's that makes perfect sense because i think there's a lot of towns like this where people are just stuck for the sake of being stuck <laughs> Right? And people that are, are have the courage to move out and forget about the town for a couple of years and then come back, um, they will see. There was a quote in this um, that I thought was very interesting. The um, like you feel like you live in a place that doesn't progress, something along the lines of that. You know that doesn't doesn't change and doesn't move, um, but once you go out of it. And come back, you see it changes, but it kind of doesn't, right? So, like, visually it changes, but I think, men- like, spiritually or mentally, mentally or however you want to phrase that, uh, towns like these oftentimes are kind of stuck in their ways, even though, like, they they adjust with, with the surroundings, right? And that is all fine, and I think that's all great. That's a good story. And that's that's kind of a good lesson for everybody to push push yourself and all that. But again, I feel like she did not have a contributing factor to this. He's still hung up on her. Fine, whatever. 
but it doesn't matter is my point it it really doesn't matter it doesn't matter that he's older and and has multiple girlfriends um or even not girlfriends but just women he hangs out with um it doesn't matter really it's it's like i'm I'm getting nothing but you know (laughs) like i said it it does matter the and i'll I'll give you this will probably be my my final point on this (laughs) um (laughs) him and uh alfredo shared everything even when they sat in the movie uh in the room together when they were watching the videos and he was talking about the, the the this the footage he captured one of the interesting things was the only part that he wanted to keep to himself. He talked about the hyphers. He talked about the slaughter. The part that he wanted to keep to himself was the video of the woman. She, she was significant to him in that point. She didn't want to, he didn't want to share uh, his, his, his obsession with her, um, with him. But he figured it out. She was the only, she was the first thing that he wanted to keep away from Alfredo, but Alfredo kind of walked in, and Alfredo warned him about this. In, uh, Alfredo warned him uh, about um, about relationships with you know blue-eyed women is what we let's just say blue-eyed women, which is what he called it. Uh, he told him a significant story, which ended up being the story of his life, um, and that was the last major advice we got from Alfredo. Uh, to him about this woman and he didn't he didn't heed the advice he, and the reason why he, and he suffered the consequences for the rest of his life because he never got over her and one of the things that you keep talking about is like i don't understand the significance of this it doesn't play this one of the things that i will say is teenage love does comes at the most inconvenient time honestly um, you don't expect when it hits you, and when it hits you, you don't know what to do. And I think this movie captures that feeling very, very, very well. Um, and sometimes you never get over it. Um, you know, it sometimes you remember it. Um, even when you're older. Uh, so it's 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 a time of growth. And she was very significant, and she still stays significant to him um so much so he's never been able to get over her despite all the other women he's been with i think that she played a significant role i think her story is very important to the character that he becomes and i want you to keep in mind that the movie does not care about her story the movie cares only about his story and she played a significant role in his life and is one of the reasons why he's motivated to act the way he does, even at the end of the film. So, yeah, that's that's my final take on this. I don't have much more to add. Hmm. Okay. But I guess then the argument is, like, had they been together, then he would have never left. I mean, she he would have left because she, she, she left. She was going to university. Um... And I'm pretty sure her dad gave her the advice that, you know, Alfredo gave him. Get away from here. Go make something of yourself. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like I said, I, I see a lot of good in this movie, but that, that just hurt me because I felt like it's a waste of time. What is not a waste of time? It's the next movie on our list, though. And which movie is that? Alien, Ridley Scott, Alien. This is uh, one of your favorite movies of all time. It's probably your number no, one. No, no, 
Yes. That was number four. <laughs> like you, you were very convincing there. I was like, wait, did I get it wrong in my head? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, uh, I, I love that movie. But, you know, I'm uh, I'm happy to be proven wrong. And uh, we'll see how that goes. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a very I'm, interesting conversation to have next week then. Or two oh, weeks yeah, from now. Sure. Yeah. Uh, until that, though, where can people find us? You can find us on Instagram and Facebook on at Movie Mistrial. And you can also find us at uh, MovieMistrial.com. We have a new website. Please check it out. And uh, you can contact us at contact at moviemistral.com. It's been a very good discussion this week, yeah. uh, Johannes. And uh, I'm looking forward to having the next conversation with you. Yeah, sounds great. All right. Take it easy. Bye. <laughs>